Sullivan testing the Portuguese. You know, I like to be fit and healthy, so the best way I know is to just get out there and run. Running was an outlet for me to, I guess, feel good about myself and, and take out some of the angers that were going on in my life. Sonny O'Sullivan is going to take the world title back to Ireland. One of the keys to, like, maintaining your brain mass is pushing past that comfortable zone physically, you know, exercise-wise. Imagine you know, a world where everybody could go out the door and engage in the kind of exercise that's going to make them more relaxed, more healthy, burn off stress. Hello and welcome to another episode of An Irishman Running Abroad with me, Jarrett Regan and Sonia Sullivan, virtually sitting next to me. Where are you right now, Sonia? I'm virtually next to you in uh, Donegal on the uh, the far northwest. I'm a bit. I'm doing a bit of a wild Atlantic Way tour. Lovely, lovely. Well, this week we uh, we can now link everybody up because I have created our very own Strava Running Club at Strava.com. You can be part of the gang, I suppose. It's brand new. It's myself and Sonia's Irishman Abroad, Irishman Running Abroad group where you can join up on Strava.com. There's an app, obviously, on your iPhone where you can log what your progress has been, connect with other listeners and connect with myself and Sonia directly and take part in the events that we take part in. Of course, the first one of those is on the 19th of September. Big response to that during the week as well, Sonia, the Ireland Funds event. Uh, Ireland Funds were delighted and uh, were really happy to see people jumping on board. Yeah, no, that's great to, you know, have a, a target point. I think uh, the Ireland Funds 5K is definitely something we can all get involved in virtually. I think the whole idea of it is good because it's to connect people all around the world. And, you know, what better way than through running and, you know, to have Jarlett yourself <laughs> leading the charge there. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, getting everybody motivated and inspired to join you. I, I think it's a, it's a great starting point. I, like, I think... People understood my stress levels last week when I realized there's an actual thing now. And, you know, there was part of me that was like, this is great. We've discussed how not to get injured in the process. But now that it feels like there's an actual destination, a whole load of emotions and I guess your own back story and history of competition and deadlines uh, comes up. I thought the best thing for us to discuss this week on the show, Sonia, would be the psychology of this, because like any anything, it's it's enough. There's enough of the physicality to this thing that we all understand that 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 that's huge. But the top six inches of your body is whether you'll get through it in the end. Would you agree? Um, yeah, so I think, you know, it's easy, the numbers, you know, to decide how far you want to go, how fast you want to go, which route you're going to take. But, you know, it's what you think about when you're out there doing the running. And I suppose what, what you think about before you go out, what gets you out the door is mm-hmm. um, 
that can be equally as important. And, you know, that's where I suppose a lot of people would often ask me, you know, how much of it is mental and how much is physical? And, you know, I think as years have gone on, I started to realize, you know, mentally, it's nearly as important as physically. You know, you have to be in good shape mentally as well right. as physically to really be able to go out there and to, to get the best out of yourself and to enjoy what you're doing. So with that in mind, when you started running, all those years ago, were you in a good mental state? Like what? Like I sometimes think that people that are willing to lunge and throw themselves at reaching that level of elite sporting endeavor have to not be 100 percent mentally well. How was your head at that time? Well, you know, I I suppose I kind of evolved into it. You know, I started running when I was quite young in school and it was all fun and games and you got to go away on the weekend. So, you know, running races, it was always a bit of an adventure. Mm. So it was always something that I looked forward to. And I suppose that was early on. I learned that, you know, well, if you go training, then you'll be better able to run the races on the weekend. And this was all without really thinking about it too much. It was just kind of what you did and you know you just I suppose it was just simple easy stuff whereas as you get older and I suppose as you step up in level then you do think about things a little bit more and you worry about things a little bit more like are you prepared enough are you ready enough Mm -hmm. um, when you decide to stand on the start line so that you know that's when things get a little bit tricky when you start to question yourself and you know when you're training really hard like when I was training at a very high level, I was running about 100 miles a week. So inevitably, inevitably, at some point in the week, you actually got pretty tired. Mm. And, you know, it would come to five o'clock in the evening and you had to head out to your second run. And you'd be so tired, you'd be thinking, oh, do I really want to do this? But you would because you knew you had to. It was kind of part of, you know, the recipe and the ingredients required to, you know, get you to be the best that you could be when it came to race day. And so I suppose when you have a, a purpose to doing it, then you do it regardless and you don't allow yourself not to do it. And maybe that's the part where, you know, elite athletes are that little bit different in that, you know, they don't stop if their mind is questioning what they're physically going to do, even if they're tired. They still go out there and, you know, push the boundaries for as long as they can. Mm. And I mean, that's the there's a lot in what you said there. Right. So finding a big enough why isn't a problem for an elite athlete. I mean, the the thought of the medal around your neck or the just the the ability to visualize what not training will produce, the humiliation, the shame involved in that is a huge motivator, particularly as an Irish person, where that's the biggest motivator of all, certainly in the 80s and 90s. But the the youthful exuberance of that that you mentioned there is important, too, because I sometimes, well, cer- certainly when I'm coaching Mikey in basketball, I always go back to what Pat Burke, the only Irish man ever to play in the NBA, said to me, which was, Number one, you have to get him having fun. You have to make sure that he's having a laugh because when it becomes hard work, if he's still enjoying it, then it won't feel like hard work. Now, we've kind of gone past that point with a lot of our listeners who now we we can't teach them that running is 
great crack. Or can we? I mean, uh, for a lot of people, it's, <laughs> but it is. it's for a lot of people, the, the thought of going for a run is, is misery. And we're trying to get them to the point where it feels like, oh, no, that'll be a really good laugh. That'll be a good buzz for me. So maybe we start there. I mean, that getting out the door thing that you mentioned, that's the first mental challenge of this. What do you say to those listeners? And is it hard as someone who never really had this experience of that struggle to get out the door in the same way the listeners are having to relate to? Yeah, I mean, I suppose it's one of those things I I rarely, I suppose, have that issue of struggling to get out the door. I do every now and then, you know, if it's not a very nice day or, yeah, if I'm not really in the mood for it. Mm -hmm. But generally, I suppose I've always kind of been someone who I suppose I have a bit of a, you always have some kind of a idea in your head how much activity I'm going to do in the in the week mm. and what days I'm going to be running and where I'm going to be running and so this has come from you know when I was very young my coach my very first coach in Cove um, Sean Kennedy so he used to write down my training plan for every two weeks and so I would just look at this and you know, it was a bit like a prescription of what I had to do mm-hmm. um, to be better. And I would follow the instructions, whatever he said to do, I did it. And so now, you know, I feel like in some ways I've come around full circle. So I've been to the highest level, but now I'm back to a normal level. And, you know, it's uh, where I could ask myself, well, why are, you, why are you still going out there running? And why are you running longer some days and faster some days and uphill some days when you don't really need to? But I want to and I enjoy it. And so typically I will on a Sunday evening get my diary out and write down a little, few notes of um, what kind of runs I might do for the week. So is that where we start? Is that what is that it then? Right. Is that what we should do? Right. Is literally get a little running diary or even just in the iPhone notes, just have kind of that checklist of right well, let's fit this into the schedule that I have when I can and when I can't do this. And that, for starters, will give you that little bit of OCD that I haven't ticked the box. That's exactly it. And, you know, I think, you know, for me, writing it down, I'm more likely to do it. You know, if I put it in my phone, I can very easily forget what I've written in my phone. But I'm not a kind of a phone person. I don't check my phone. I put things in my notes and then I never go back and look at them again. Hmm. So I think when you get it physically write something down and you can see it written down in front of you, you might, you know, even stick it on your fridge, your weekly plan. And then you fit that around, you know, we're all busy lives and other things in our lives. Exercise is just one small part. It's maybe an hour most days. And then you find the time to put to put that in. And I mean, generally, I would say you do it at the same time most days just to get that routine. And, you know, if that means getting up early or doing it when you come home from work, whatever works best for you, then, um, you know, it's nearly like your body gets used to it more than when you have that regimented kind of plan of action and you lace up your shoes, you know, as soon as you're up in the morning and then you come back feeling refreshed and full of energy and ready for the day. Well, what what about this thing that I read this week about how some people aren't morning runners and some people are better suited to running 
in the evening. Should you listen to your body on that one? Or is it a case of, yeah, well, of course, you're not going to be a morning runner until you become a morning runner. But by and large, it's probably better for your body, I would think, in terms of your metabolism to get that fire burning as early as possible. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's definitely easier in the morning because then you don't have the complication of, you know, what you're eating during the day and how it's going to affect you. Hmm. So you don't have to eat very much before you go out in the morning. But what yeah, would you eat? People, what would you eat before you go yeah. out? Like th that is definitely a concern of mine. Uh, and for a lot of men, let's face it, <laughs> super grouchy <laughs> without food in my stomach. I don't want to come back from the run and be this furious uh, tornado arriving in the door. So what what would you go for before going out? So if I was running in the morning, then I normally get up about an hour before I'm going to go for a run. Right. So whatever time I'm running, I'll get up an hour before and then I'm nice and awake. And um, so I, I don't eat very much. I, I would just have a cup of coffee, glass of water with some lemon juice in it and have that first. And then normally I just have a handful of um, cereal that I've made myself. Like a, some kind of literally a handful or are you saying just a tiny like bit in a bowl? A bit of birdseed, you know, <laughs> right? <laughs> just a tiny bit in a bowl. It's really just something to kind of, I suppose, wake me up in the morning and make me feel, I don't know, maybe I just like to have it with my coffee. Sure. And, well, there um, is something there that you don't yeah. want the tank to be completely empty. Like if you've like I've been trying to observe this thing of stopping all eating by seven and not to consume another thing until whatever breakfast time. So you're actually doing, you know, full right. 14 hour so you might fast. Be hungry when you get up in the yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's yeah. my aim. That is my aim in, in the morning. But if I was to go out running on you know, on that basis without taking the handful of berries or whatever bit of grain that you mentioned there, not, I'm not a good idea. Yeah. No, probably not. Unless you're training for a marathon and you're trying to get that depletion, you know, experience where you're running on empty. Oh. So, you know, if you're if you're just starting out and you want to enjoy your running, you don't need to do that. So, you know, even you could plan your run at, you know, if if you're working from home at 10 or 11. So then you do have something decent, do a little bit of work and then have a break and go for your run. Mm. That might work better for you. OK, right. Well, um, I do want to push this onwards because I know that for for some people, the why, like why do this is a big part of it, because if we can find the right mindset, I guess, is the is the uh, Enda McNulty or performance coach word, then it should last. But if we start with a why of. Oh, well. I better do this or, you know, this is something that everyone's doing or that'll get her off my back. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a real that's a real one too. finding the one, though, that will the actual reason for doing this that will sustain over time has to be the key. And I'm sure that you struggled with this. You mentioned this in previous episodes that feeling of, well, what the what the fuck am I doing this for? What is this all about? What do you say to those people? Well, uh, I think, you know, the the first thing is that you, you commit to an event or you commit to something. So then once you've committed, then 
you know, you've you've got to prepare for it. And then you've told a few people. Mm. And that's the whole thing, you know, that you were saying before about the expectation and, you know, going out there to run at the high level. Yeah. And you've got to answer to people. It's pride. Involved, Even if you're yeah. running the local fun run, then you've told all these people you're going to do it. So, you know, you definitely owe it to yourself to, you know, live up to that. And so there's a bit of expectation from from yourself and then from from all your friends that you've told as well. Hopefully, when you tell a few people, they might even join you. So then you can compare notes while you're doing it. And then it becomes a bit more fun. And you talk about, you know, you complain about your run probably and you have a bit of fun doing that. Mm. But it's in a way that you're actually happy you've done it. Like I, I know, you know, if you wake up in the morning and it's pouring rain and blowing a gale outside, you know, you might procrastinate a little bit before you get out the door. But when you eventually go out there and go for your run, it's never as bad as what you thought it was going to be. And I guarantee you, there's no way anyone ever comes back from a run and wishes they didn't do it. And that's I often think about that after a run that I kind of was procrastinating about. I think, oh, next time I'm going to remember how good I felt when I came back. Because, you know, that's the thing. It's not what you're thinking about before you get out, but it's the the end the end line i suppose and how you feel when you come back in the door and you know the the toughest runs are they're the best runs because you feel like you've really kind of accomplished something mm. you've really achieved something and and you're nearly proud of yourself for getting out there and you know not not allowing yourself to talk yourself out of it but instead just going for it well, you you know, before we get to what we said we'd talk about, which is, you know, the moments in your career where you publicly struggled with this and when, you know, you yourself uh, on the big day had that residual fatigue that you mentioned earlier uh, came to bear on the day. And uh, we can get into that in a little bit, but I do want to talk about a couple of things that came up again and again when I researched this. And one was use of affirmations, use of visualization and the growth mindset, which is a real, you know, uh, cliche or buzz term of the, of the moment when it comes to approaching anything, whether it's business or exercise. Uh, first of all, the affirmations. I mean, this is the idea that you walk around saying to yourself, I am a runner or I am strong in the final kilometer of my 5K. Have you ever used those or is that something that you never really thought about? Not unless things are really difficult and and it would probably be more in training than races, I think. Um, You know, if you're running up a hill or you're running into a wind and you know, they're things that just annoy you. You know, they're, they're in the way. You know, a, a nice flat run, you know, anybody can do it. But you come to a hill or a wind and it's the end of the run, then sometimes you have to talk yourself through it and you kind of give yourself a bit of a, come on, come on, get going. Right. You know, and you just talk to yourself a little bit. <laughs> but would you, but like that's, sometimes you know, I that's like self-talk, that. right? So that's definitely your internal yeah. monologue. But when they refer to affirmations, they're, they're kind of saying that you write these out on post-it notes and they will go in if you see them enough and if 
you re- like I, I don't mind admitting to people that I've used these like I did I've done several chats with Enda McNulty and how these have helped me and even I've said things to myself that <laughs> I would cringe if I said them out loud to anyone else but they were for me in that moment with that challenge ahead of me and it was you know it was comedy stuff like I was going to the Edinburgh Festival I wanted certain things to happen and I would say them in my head as I walked to the show. Like, I found it unbelievably powerful in that uh, side of things. I I can't believe that you you never said to yourself, I'm Sonia Sullivan and I'm going to be world champion. You never said that. No, never. (laughs) (laughs) Never. Never. Never said that out loud. No, I don't think I ever even wrote it down. I mean, I no, I definitely didn't ever. No, th- th- this was before my time. Maybe this is a this is a new age thing. Mm. But it, but isn't it amazing though that you yeah. you didn't even f- feel the need to articulate what it was you were trying to do? And when you say that you did talk to yourself going up hills and into wind. That some of the things you said yeah. to yourself weren't. This is nothing to you. You've competed at these Olympics. You can do this. I mean, what? Tell me what that monologue is for you, because I know for a lot of us newbie runners, it's uh, stopping in such a wuss. You can do it, Char. Um, you're not. You're not in pain. You're just tired. I think, you know, what I would do, I'd break things down a lot. So, you know, if you have a mile to go, I would say, okay, that's just four laps at a track. You know, that's not too far. And then you'd run on a bit more and you might say, oh, it's just three more minutes, two more minutes, one more minute. And then, you know, you can, when you break it down into smaller pieces, then it never seems as difficult as it is in the whole, you know, big picture of completing something. But in the affirmation thing, I mean, I would have written down in my diary, you know, before a race, if I was a bit unsure, I would have written down stuff, how I was going to run the race and, you know, the things that I was good at and the things that maybe I wasn't so good at. And that was the areas where I had to concentrate a little bit more. So would I you have written down anything about your opponents? Would you like the other girls you're racing um, against? You must have been conscious at certain times. No. I cannot let her get away if she gets away. I'm going to or I, when you're saying I would have written down these notes as to what I, how I wanted to run it. Was that a case of I want to be in this position coming around the final lap? No, I mean, you'd go to a starting list and you could cross off a few people, so you wouldn't even consider them. <laughs> and then you'd you'd narrow it down to a smaller field. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty rough on those girls. Have, yeah, go then ahead. You have to get rid of them. Then you'd have to get rid of a few people as well to ensure that, you know, there wasn't 20 people left with a lap to go. So, yeah, no, you'd, you'd, you'd work out, you know, there's certain people in the race who are going to run hard from a long way out and you just had to be ready for when that happened. But, yeah, no, I mean, I think for me it was always about just keeping up and, you know, not losing contact. And I just had to, sometimes that was easy and sometimes it was harder. And, um you know, when it was harder, that was when I really had to concentrate a bit more. And, so, you know, it's it's easy when you're when everything is going well, you know, yeah. when mentally and physically everything is kind of working together. 
the difficult times are, you know, if there's something bothering you that's kind of throwing that a little bit out of whack and things just aren't kind of working the way they should. So you question yourself a bit more, even though you don't need to. But, you know, we all do that because, you know, there's something gets into your head and you doubt yourself a little bit. Mm. And that's when you have to really talk to yourself a bit more and, you know, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And when it doesn't work, then, you know, more often than not, then, you know, you're, you're just not ready. You've either trained too hard, you know, you think, you might think, or people out there might think you haven't trained enough, but more often than not, it, athletes train too hard and they push themselves too hard that they just wear themselves out. And then when it comes to the race, then they're mentally really fatigued and they can't get themselves up for the race. And that's the big thing is that you can't get yourself up for every race or every event or every run that you do, but some will definitely be more important than others. And they're the ones that, you know, you have to focus on and the others, you just use them as little kind of tests along the way to, to help you to be really good on, on the big day. Yeah. I mean, it's so true that like there's needs to be, there needs to be a kindness towards what you're trying to do as well. Uh, I found that in our first chat, the first time we ever spoke together on Irishman Abroad, uh, we talked about how you were un unfortunate in that you and fortunate in that your face was a window. We could see what was happening in your mind on your face on you when you ran. And it was part of the reason why people connected with you that, you know, when it was hurting, we knew and when you were when you were driving and trying to pull something out of nowhere, we knew that as well. I mean, the downside of it was you couldn't fake it. You couldn't pretend that it wasn't hard when it was. When you look back on specific times when it went wrong, when it actually just uh, wasn't what you wanted it to be, do you ever think to yourself or have you ever gone through that thought process of I did this wrong this is what I needed to do correctly and that this was avoidable had I taken these steps I've definitely kind of thought about it myself you know I've thought that you know I always tried to was always trying too hard you know in training like everything had to be perfect and right. if it wasn't perfect then I wasn't happy and if I wasn't happy then you know everything just went Haywire. It just went to pieces, you know, it just you'd fall apart and then you'd have to you spend half the week trying to get yourself back up together again. Hmm. Whereas I, I would often think, you know, and then you'd get going again and you'd go out and you'd run well. And you think, why was I, you know, having a fit in the middle of the week there when I could have just took a step back and looked at it a little bit differently and just relaxed. But I wasn't able to do that because it was just so intense that you're always pushing to get the best out of yourself that if you couldn't do it then you thought there was something not right so then you had to try again and try harder and test you know it was constantly testing yourself whereas you know in a way I suppose there's there's lots of different um, methods and techniques now that people can be a bit more aware of what they're doing and maybe they trust other people more than just always, you know, listening to themselves and 
wanting to see the obvious right in front of them, you know, rather than trust that, you know, some days you're not going to feel good. So you've got to step back and just let that go. And, you know, things will come back around again rather than if things aren't going well, that you push yourself to, you know, check again. It's like, you know, when you have the cake in the oven and you're constantly looking in to see, is it rising? Is it rising? Mm. And then if it's, if it's not rising, you keep opening the door, then it's never going to rise. <laughs> you're just yeah. not giving it a chance. And it's a bit like training. You know, you've got to do weeks and weeks of training and you've got to allow your body to absorb the training. So, you know, like yourself, when you go out for your few runs and you feel great some days and not so good other days, then you have to kind of take the bad with the good and realize that, you know, to eventually feel really good, you've got to have ups and downs along the way because not every run you do is going to feel fantastic. But, you know, you just want to feel fantastic on the day that you decide I'm going to run 5K today and I'm going to see how fast I can go. You know, what you've said there is going to have impact for an awful lot of people, right? Even though most of the story that you just told is about competing at an elite global level. But that, that sensation of why couldn't I pull back the lens here? Why couldn't I just not react in that way in the moment? As we said in episode one, running really is a metaphor for life. And I've certainly found, to bring it back to my own training here, that there is a therapy to this, that I I was expecting it. I I knew that there was there's a meditative part to it, the breathing, the isolation, how centered you need to be, the concentration on your balance and being present. I was expecting it, but I wasn't expecting it in this way. How hard is it to find that therapy in the thing that's causing you that stress at that time? Or did you go and did you go and see somebody? Have you ever spoken to a therapist about any of this? Um, not not very often. Once or twice I did, probably twice. And, you know, then they gave me the answer I needed. And then I kind of thought, OK, I've got this now. And most of it was to, you know, just to write down what it was I was trying to do and to reflect on, you know, the training and preparation I'd done to get to that point. Hmm. And then to believe in what I had done rather than to kind of do the training, write it down, forget about it when I lined up for the race. But to believe that, you know, even if not all your sessions are good, that, you know, there's enough good work in there that you'll be fine when it comes to the race. And just to believe in myself and to have that faith, I suppose, that, you know, you'd have it most of the time. But there was definitely times when, you know, there's nothing you can do. You can't you can't talk yourself into doing something that, you know, your body's not ready to do. But I was somebody who I couldn't walk away and say, no, I'm not ready for this. I can't do this tonight. But, you know, even if I wasn't ready, I'd still kind of have that hope that maybe this will work. And how would I know if I don't try? Mm. You know, particularly that time I know in Athens in 2004 at the Olympics and I was just felt terrible I'd been sick the whole like 24 hours or more between the heats and the semi and the final and 
I was so weak even doing my strides before I went out to the track. And, you know, I just had to kind of give myself that, you know, tiny bit of hope that maybe, maybe I could get away with this. And, you know, very few times you do. I think occasionally I, towards the end of the season, I had run a few races where I was definitely getting a bit tired and you might get away with it. And um, this um, friend of mine, Brendan Foster, he's a athlete from before my time. Yeah, we all know his, his golden voice yeah. from, from uh, his commentary days. Yeah. But he often said, you know, sometimes, you know, you go out and you know you're not right, but sometimes you have to borrow one. So you, mm. you have to kind of dig really deep and you just might get away with it. So you've borrowed something, but you've dug so deep to get the results that you wanted that you've put yourself in a bigger hole <laughs> and you can be you can disguise it because you win the race so you think oh this is great but then you have to pay back yeah and that's when you have to kind of say right i gotta take time out here now and you know rebuild sure yeah i mean I, a brendan foster would be an amazing guest if we were to get him on i do think that we could bring enda mcnulty in here to talk about that growth mindset which is something that you know i don't i don't know that much about it but i do know that a lot of what you were saying there completely clicks into it and that whether you were referring to it as that this observance of opportunity rather than the precipice of failure in everything which kind of is, I think the Irish education system makes you walk around with that axe dangling over your head the whole time rather than going, look, if I fail, I'll learn something that I wouldn't have learned if I succeed. And that's something that I think that we can get into later in the series for this for this week Sonia we do have a an email of the week this week it's from Maura O'Donnell who said she's hearing an awful lot of talk about breathing through the nose while running and I know the chat she's talking about I don't know if you heard this on Dermot and Dave there on Today FM two sound men and uh, friends of the show I had a fella on who's written a book called Breathe. I don't know what his name is. I should know. And, you know, he was talking about how we, we don't, we breathe way too much. We breathe way too often. He also said that we should sellotape our mouths shut at night so that we can breathe through our nose. No, no joke. He said, literally put a little bit of sellotape over the center of your lips and you will have an amazing night's sleep. So Dermot went out and attempted to follow his advice on the running, which was... You should be breathing through your nose all the time. Well, Maura wants to know what's Sonia's take on all of this. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I, I, well, recently, I've heard people talking in certain countries where you have to wear a mask when you're out running and people don't like it very much. So that's, that's pretty close to taping off your mouth, I suppose, except you're covering over your nose as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, it's one of those things that, I've never really thought about breathing when I'm running. I just, I I think about it in it being relaxed, but not in the way that I'm doing it. You're never really aware of your breathing too much until you're, you know, trying too hard and you're pushing really hard. Mm. You've never had yours looked at. You've never had it analyzed or been on a treadmill with one of those machines on to see what your VO2 max is. I have done that and I hate it. But, well, they actually put a peg on your nose. Oh, really? And you breathe through your mouth. 
Interesting. Yeah. So you put a little mask over your face, over your mouth and your nose. Yeah, they definitely put a peg on your nose. So they're measuring the breathing through your mouth. Mm. So maybe we need to go and speak to a physiologist about this. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. But I was I was told there. that the so so to to me the only kind of rudimentary knowledge I had of of running back as a teenager was that you want to run at a pace where you can continue a conversation with the person that you're with. Is that any sort of a guide? Is there any is there any wisdom in that? Oh yeah, that's. Yeah, that's um, for your long, easy runs. Conversation pace is great. You know, you should be able to have a chat and not be out of breath. Mm. And if you are, then you need to slow down. So and, your advice, you know, that's a that's a really important. Yeah, it's a really important thing is to be able to slow down and to you know, like any anything you do, it can be anything, no matter what you try and do, like a new skill of any kind. The best way to learn it properly is to slow down. So it's the same with running. If you want to be good at running, you're better off to slow down and do more of it mm. than to race out the door and, yeah. you know, stop after 10 minutes. So, yeah. and then eventually, eventually you will get faster, but everybody wants to go faster. Mm. And, you know, you'll enjoy it more if you slow down. And then eventually you'll be able to go that little bit faster because, of course, the more you do anything, including running, the, the better you get and the more you'll enjoy it. And, you know, then you'll go out and run a race when you run a race or an event. And eventually some place down the track will be doing this with people and we'll be all carried. You get like if you run the Dublin City Marathon, you get carried around by all the people and it feels so much easier than when you're out there running by yourself. And you get this different kind of energy when you do that. And then after you've done something like that, you get a massive training effect from a race that you can never get in training. And then you go back to do your training and it feels very easy because you're running at the slower pace and you're relaxed and you know that you're capable of going much faster. Oh but God. you still go back to train, training at the slower pace. That makes me. I I don't know if anybody listening to this feels that that made me so excited. Just that, just that thought, just that idea, that like that's that's going to happen, and that that's where we're headed. I know that under the current circumstances in this abnormal world that we live in, who knows when that kind of running is going to take place. But God, maybe it's just maybe that's what got me excited. The idea of running around with people uh, and being in close proximity to others. But we definitely have our first event, as we said last week, the Ireland Funds Remote Global 5K for 2020 takes place on Saturday, the 19th of September. This is an unbelievable event that usually takes place, obviously, in, in their various chapters in the States, Belfast, Dublin, London, Australia, Toronto, Singapore. Uh, and coming soon, they say Tokyo. But you go and go to their site, IrelandFunds.org. Sonia's worked with them for a while and you can run, walk or swim it. But obviously, ideally for this podcast, we want you to run it. Uh, let us know, uh, log your times there and join our Strava group over at Strava.com. All you'll have to do is search Irishman Running Abroad with Sanyo Sullivan and join up there. It's an open group. You don't need to be invited and come on board. Sonia, what are you telling me to do this week or what are you telling us to do this week in preparation for this? Because this is not a million miles away now. 
No, we're coming up to about two weeks to go now, aren't we? Yeah, After scary. This weekend, yeah. So it's getting pretty close. So I know that you can cover the distance of 5K. Mm-hmm. So that's good news. Yeah. <laughs> so how many runs did you get in this week? Please Apart don't embarrass 5K? me in front of the class. <laughs> I, I did my three. OK, I, I did my three. I'm trying my best. Good. I also have invited you to be my friend on Strava, but you haven't accepted the French <laughs> request, which I don't know what that means or what you're trying to say to me through that, Sonia. You also mortified me on the uh, Irish Men Abroad comedy night. <laughs> your your one word answers. You on <laughs> I haven't found you on Strava yet. I'll have to I'll have to look you up. I'll have to take you I'll take you out on a run then and see how you get along chatting there with me. Absolutely <laughs> well. Conversation a couple of friends of mine have another podcast. I, I must look up the name of it where they actually conduct the podcast together and record it while running. Now I, I know these guys. I'll, I'll give the podcast a full shout out next week, but. I mean, that's the true test. If you can conduct a podcast while running, then you definitely got your your breathing, breathing in order. It's IrelandFunds.org is the place you want to go if you want to register for that. But uh, Sonia, I'm just trying to honestly, I'm just trying to get into the habit now that for me, that's the number one thing is uh, like you said, you'll find you need to find the time. And for me, I need to the positive affirmation I've been trying to observe this week is how much time do I waste doing other nonsense shit like 30 minutes to cover, uh, you know, 5K or whatever? Isn't that much time? I probably if you just even look at your screen time, the amount of screen time you're spending on your phone, you could just chop that out of that and it'd be done. Is that a, a, a decent way to look at this? Yeah, I think you you definitely you just have to set that time aside. So you have to pick your days and you have to it's like making an appointment with yourself to go for a run. Mm. And, you know, if you if you look at your week ahead and you can see where you can fit in your runs and you really just have to, you know, if somebody calls you up and wants to go for a coffee or they want to meet you for something, you have to tell them, oh, I have to go for a run. I plan to go for a run now and, you know, then work around it. And, uh, you know, you never know. They might join you for the run. Given how many emails we are getting at the moment from people delighted, first of all, that uh, this is taking place and that we're doing this, this podcast. Debbie Carrigy was in touch. Daniel O'Reilly, Naomi McGovern, Patrick Fitzgerald, Lorraine Spillane, Cassie Dignam and more all in touch to say how happy they are that this is taking place and with their own questions. I think maybe a good way to end this week's episode is to cast the net out and say that next week's episode uh, will be a full mailbag. Your questions answered, no matter what level you're at. We did get one really deep cut question this week that I'll throw into next week's mailbag about how to reduce a time that one guy was running and how he just simply can't get past this plateau. So it's open to you guys. Get in touch. Irishmanabroadpodcast at gmail.com is the way to reach me or via Patreon in the direct mail there. But uh, Sonia Sullivan, thank you so much. I should stop calling you Sonia Sullivan. <laughs> it's like Mary Robinson. Yeah, just Sonia. <laughs> Sonia yeah, will do. You know, I walk down the street and they just call me Sonia, you know. So, uh, it's you like Ryan Tuberty, Sonia. Sonia Sullivan, <laughs> Mary Robinson. You need to I, say I both names. Now. 
<laughs> I'm going to go and ask you if I can find you on Strava then because I, I did look you up before and I couldn't find you. Okay. Um, but that was a few days ago. So I'll, I'll check now where you're requesting me. Brilliant. Well, and, uh, hopefully everyone else will join us over there too. The uh, running group there that we've started at club strava.com forward slash Irishman running abroad. Uh, our chosen charity partner, as always, is jigsaw.ie who are an amazing Irish youth mental health charity. And I urge you to go and check out their work. Maybe they can help some young people in your life who might be struggling during the pandemic or maybe through a small donation each month. You can help them. Our producer, as always, is Brian Connolly. John Marr provides extra research. And Tina and Mikey, I always feel, make it all possible. But Sonia, thank you so much for doing this again. And we'll see you next week. You're very welcome. And maybe I'll be back in Cork next week. You never know. <laughs> okay, brilliant. Well, good luck. Safe travels. Thanks. <laughs>